Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the truth of your word, how it continues to apply to our lives over thousands and thousands of years, regardless of the history or our context or our country or our gender or whatever it might be, we can look to you for truth. Pray that the truth would come to us today, reveal to us by the power of your Holy Spirit, and transform us more into the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The faithful here worshiping. I meant to look this up, but I uh, didn't. Because I don't know that it happens very often when you have Sunday being Christmas Day and then obviously seven days later is New Year's Day. I don't, I don't think it happens very often. I can't remember the last time um, in my life. So anyway, glad to have everybody here this morning. Um, when I was about 10 years old, I had a paper route. <laughs> paper routes were kind of a cool thing, and at that point... This is before social media, before CNN and all the cable news and everything. So the principal way that we got our news was from the newspaper, right? See people looking down the aisles, and it was great. I had a good time doing it. Now fast forward 40 years later, and media and information is available to us with a click, isn't it? Facebook, social media, whether or not it's true or not. And I'll confess to you, yeah, exactly, whether or not it's true or not. And that, and that for me, that, that's where I struggle, especially with news, even news that we watch on the TV, because it seems to always have some sort of particular bias or message, because I'm kind of a Joe Friday kind of a guy. People here remember who Joe Friday, old, old guys like me, um, he's in the, I don't know, the 60s or 70s. He was um, dragnet. He was a police officer. And when he's interviewing people, he would just say, just the facts, man. Just the facts. Um, so when I hear news stories today, it's difficult for me to really fully be able to appreciate because I don't know whether or not there's... There may be some level of truth, but it seems to not be the whole truth. And so I find difficulty in knowing how to respond to some of that as well. And so when I look back at 2016, there was a particular category of announcements that for whatever reason I was able to associate with and then respond to. And my, okay, it's still there. And this particular category even though it's kind of a morbid thing, was the death of stars in 2016. Big, big year for celebrities, for sports people, just to name a few. David Bowie, beginning of the year, Alan Rickman, those of you who are Harry Potter fans, Glenn Fry, George Kennedy, Patty Duke, Merle Haggard, Prince, Muhammad Ali, Gordie Howe, Arnold Palmer, George Michael, Carrie Fisher, and then just within the last couple of days, Carrie's mother, Debbie Reynolds. And so what struck me about these particular um, people, and especially one, is that I actually did respond in a way that, that surprised me a little bit. 
Um, and it was Arnold Palmer. Those of you in here know that I love to play golf, and there's a drink that's actually named after him. So half and half um, orange, or orange juice, lemonade and iced tea. And so during, for, the, for the couple of weeks after that, I paid ode to Arnold Palmer and enjoying the drink that was named after him. So, so, there, so, there, was, so there, was, there was a particular internalization and, and appreciation for the news of his death that affected me. And so today's message, we have a story of the first newscast given to an unlikely group, a group of shepherds. And so if you want to, you can turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And we'll begin. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, interesting thing about shepherds, because Old Testament times, we have some really highly rated, appreciated shepherds. Abraham, Isaac, Moses, King David... So the regard for shepherds was actually a pretty, it was pretty cool to be one. Society regarded them as high standing people of good moral character. However, in first century Christianity in the Jerusalem area, they were not. They were kind of the lowlifes. They were nomadic in some respects. They were often accused of stealing. Since they moved around, they would steal. They um, were not very... Um, the, the people that they would bring their flocks onto their land weren't very happy because they would eat their crops. They were considered unclean by the religious society because of their vocation. They couldn't go to the temple to present themselves to be ceremonially clean. So here you have a class of really, really just pauper, low-life people that God, for some ridiculous reason that he continues to do throughout history, decides are going to be the first recipients of the good news. <coughs> Shepherds. And so they are in the field. And an angel of the Lord appears to them <clears throat> and they respond with fear. Um, I can imagine, now remember, we've had 400 years of silence from God. Um, it's likely that the shepherds would have known about some of the history. They may not have known yet, um, but I think they probably did, had heard something about what was going on with Mary and Elizabeth. Because we see God kind of throwing little bits and pieces throughout the land that are starting to awaken what it is that he's doing. And so they respond in fear, and the angel says, fear not. But then you have a heavenly, hosts of heavenly hosts come in and proclaim this huge message. If I'm... The shepherds, I'm shriveling in my boots. Um, I can't even imagine how they would react, but they did. And so they respond in fear to the message that they've, give, that they've been given. And so I had to ask myself, why the shepherds? Why would God pick 
the shepherds, to be the first recipients of the message of this news of the birth of Christ, of the Savior. First of all, it was a fulfillment of prophecy. Back in Jeremiah, you, um, you see the second message that, um, that God gives to Jeremiah. Actually, the first message is the condemnation of, of Israel. They didn't repent, and so God was proclaiming desolation and famine throughout the land. But as our God has consistently demonstrated throughout his history, he doesn't just leave us there. He gives them a message of hope. And so the second time that the Lord appears to Jeremiah, he gives him a promise of peace. And in chapter 33, verse, beginning with verse 10, he says, Thus says the Lord, in this place of which you say, it is a waste without man or beast. So at this point in time, he's proclaiming that the area is going to be a wasteland. It's probably one of the reasons why at the time there were no shepherds because the sheep can't eat if there's nothing for them to eat. And so he continues on, and the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voices of those who sing as they bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord. So you see this rumbling throughout Israel that involves happiness, weddings, are going to start to be heard throughout. And we can look uh, specifically to the wedding of Mary and Joseph as being one of those, again, one of those little drops that God is starting to drop pieces of news to continue to fulfill his prophecy. But continuing on in that same chapter, he says, in this place that is waste without man or beast, in all of its cities there shall be again inhabitants of shepherds resting their flocks. And the shepherds and the flocks shall pass again under the hands of those who count them, says the Lord. So you can see here that the prophecy that was given to Jeremiah proclaimed that within the land again, there will be shepherds out in the field. It's pretty, uh, pretty neat testimony to the shepherds and their vocation. Um... Even though they were considered to be the scorns and, and low lives, they considered the sheep under their care to be, I mean, it was their livelihood, obviously, but also they cared for them really deeply. And that's what that passing of the hand meant. So they would go through and they were bringing them into the sheepfold. They would lay hands on them for two reasons. First, to check them for burrs and disease or whatever it might be as a practical reason. And secondly, just to count them to make sure that they're all there. And then once they were in the sheepfold, they would lay right there protecting the sheep from anything that might encroach them. So fulfillment of prophecy, first of all. Secondly, I think it... Um, it continues to demonstrate how God uses the most unlikely people to do his work. Here you have um, a group of people who are the first recipients. Another thing about the shepherds is their testimony was basically unreliable. They were not even considered to be worthy to give any kind of verifiable, reliable testimony in court. And so, again, 
You've got God here who's giving a message, and we'll get to their response in a moment, under the auspices that they may be the first people who are going to go out and tell people. In fact, they do. That's one of the things that they do. They go out and tell. Now, if they're not a reliable source of information, once again, you've got God, I think, redeeming the work of people and using very unlikely people to work out his plan with these shepherds. Because they're going to be the first ones, the first evangelists, if you will, to go out and proclaim what they've seen, all the good things that God has given them. In fact, you can see that. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. So you've got first the fulfillment of prophecy. You have secondly, God using the most unlikely people to carry out his work. And then first, thirdly, I think you've got a model, if you will, of, of the Christian walk. You've got a group of people who've not heard from God for 400 years. They clearly know, I think they know the prophecy because when they hear about the, the message in the city of David, it's somewhere in the region. We don't know how far they traveled, but what we do know is that they decided to go sight unseen. So they went on faith. They left their sheep where they were and went unprotected. So they're leaving their livelihood to go and see whether or not, I, th I think they believed it, but to confirm it. Because you notice the angel didn't say, go. They ju he just said, there you will find. And then they could have responded a couple of different ways. And, and they could have just sat back and said, okay, this is great. This is good news, and we're, but we're going to continue in doing our own thing. It's probably what I would do if I, if I heard news today. Just kind of sit back and say, well, yeah. But you've got... This group of unlikely people that drop everything and they go and they find and they believe. So they, so almost like our conversion, we're, we're called to within our Christian walk to believe before we see, aren't we? In fact, Jesus, 33, 30 years or 33 years, however long you, you think that time period was, would say, blessed are those who believe but yet do not see. So they, they, so they proceed and they go and they leave everything. In fact, they go with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And then later on, we're, we're not really going to cover Mary's thought. That's actually a whole other sermon within itself. Um, and if I were Jason, I might take another 20 or 30 minutes to do that. So I'll spare you guys from that this morning. So there were shepherds returned. So they returned glorifying and praising God for what they had seen and heard. So they re returned. So they proclaim the message, they share it, and then they return to their vocation. So they do this and they share the message itself with vigor, with excitement about what God has done for them. And so I want to ask the kids in the room, and even the adults, because we're all still kids, uh, some of us guys more so than, than others. Last Sunday was Christmas morning, right? Yes? 
You can speak out. This is going to be participatory. Yes, last Sunday was Christmas, and you probably got some Christmas gifts, right? Who got some? So tell me some, just shout them out. What did you get? Golf balls. <laughs> Movies. What else? Rollerblades. Cool. That's exciting stuff. Were you excited when you saw those? Did you want to go and tell your friends about it? Yes, you did. Exactly. And that's how the shepherds felt. They had heard this great news. And the first thing that they wanted to do was to go out and tell people. Such a cool thing. Now here's where I struggle. And maybe for a lot of people here, you may be in a similar position. If you've, if, if you've heard the word, I mean, for us, we're 2,000 years later. The message isn't new. It's not new for me. And so I have, I'm challenged by oftentimes looking at the message, but continuing to regard it. And I have to almost do this on a daily basis and look at the individual things that are good and to respond in the same way as if I would have gotten rollerblades. Now, if I would have gotten rollerblades, I might be on crutches this morning, but um, <laughs> he's not, so he's a better skater than I am. And so I think that's, that's how we conclude this morning is for 2017, if we can look and see and remember that God is continuing to do good things. We all know that, right? Sometimes it's difficult to see it, even in the midst of life, because life gets in the way, but God continues to do good things in everybody's life. And so my hope and my prayer for 2017 is that each of us can regard the same message that we've known for many, many years, as new and as exciting that we would go out and we would share it. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you make all things new. Uh, you change our hearts from stone to flesh, and because of that, all we can do is share our love for you and what you've done for us. We thank you so much for the blessings that you poured upon us for last year and for the hope and all that you have promised for us for the, for the coming year. Pray that we would live into our mission, into who we are as followers of Jesus Christ, your son. We pray this in his name. Amen.